You are listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. Get ready to change your life. Welcome, everybody. This is Buck Joffrey with the Wealth Formula Podcast. Today, I'd like to start out by reminding you that there is a website called wealthformula.com, and there's all sorts of resources there waiting for you to tap into them. It's also where you're going to sign up for our various lists, for our weekly newsletter, our Wealth Formula accredited investor group. It's also where you can go to potentially sign up for Wealth Formula Network. Uh, that starts with a course, and it turns into our private community that does bi-weekly phone calls on um, Zoom. We do these video calls. We look at each other and smile. And um, also, it's actually a really good time. We have a really nice little um, online community there. You can also check that thing out at wealthformularoadmap.com. One more thing. Uh, it's uh, far out from right now, but I've had a lot of requests for people who are interested in coming to the next Wealth Formula meetup. That next meetup is going to likely be, not 100%, but I would say save your date at this point because it's very likely to be on March 14th. Um, that's a Saturday, so it would be March 13th and 14th. Uh, and that is very likely to be in Phoenix, Arizona at this point. I will get back to you, but those dates are pretty solid. Uh, the Whether we do it in Phoenix and Dallas, not as solid, but I'm thinking it'll probably be Phoenix. Uh, along that lines, if you mark your calendar off, don't sit there and think, well, gosh, I don't know if my wife or my husband is going to let me go or, you know, they, they may not want, they're not going to want to go, et cetera. Because what we found in the last event is that wives and husbands uh, came uh, and it was actually a lot of fun. And I'm talking about wives and husbands who had no interest in this stuff, specifically uh, I point to my own wife, who has uh, no interest really in what we talk about here, but she had a really good time and felt like the speakers were great, and she actually learned something, and she also really enjoyed uh, just the social aspect of it, because at the end of the day, this event, it's a meetup. I don't have the full list of all the people who are going to be speaking, but on the other hand, what I do know is they will be good, uh, and, and we will do some kind of a bus tour. But the parties are great, right? We have these uh, parties and everybody gets to know each other. So don't leave your family behind. Maybe not the best thing for little kids, but uh, but certainly your wife, your husband, bring them, bring them along. Uh, let's talk about today a simple question. Uh, and, as, you know, simple questions sometimes can have a lot of complexity around the answers. And uh, let me give you a very good example of that. One that comes up all the time and uh, may seem obvious is, should I pay off my house? Should I pay my mortgage off? Uh, you know, conventional wisdom says that it's a no-brainer. You know, look at the financial gurus out there like Dave Ramsey, Susie Orman. They all think you ought to be paying off your mortgage. And, you know, even in the unconventional alternative space, I would say that this is not a clear-cut issue. It's controversial. Uh, you know, a mortgage on your house is debt, right? And if you are a Robert Kiyosaki follower, um, and of course, Robert has had a big influence on in me, uh, he says when in terms of assets and liabilities, he says, well, you know, 
when it comes to debt, there is good debt and there is bad debt, right? Good debt puts money in your pocket. So, for example, you have a mortgage on an apartment building or something like that, and you're getting cash flow on a monthly basis, then that's good debt. And bad debt, uh, bad debt, well, it takes money out of your pocket, right? And uh, so if you're buying a television on your credit card, that is not good debt. So the thing that, um, you know, the thing that puts money in your pocket is an asset. The thing that takes money out of your pocket is a liability. So in this definition, your personal home with a mortgage is a liability. So you should not have that debt, right? Well, that sounds pretty straightforward. What what about... um, you know, what about debt on your personal uh, residence? When you think about it another way, um, it clearly does not put money in your pocket, right? You could argue that with appreciation, maybe someday uh, it certainly does, uh, it certainly might make you some money, but in the short term, uh, it's not going to. So that's bad debt. But wait a second, chances are your interest rate is pretty low. Right. So your money that you are paying uh, on a monthly basis, the debt, gosh, it's it's about as if, if you've refinanced lately or gotten a mortgage lately, it's pretty darn low. It's almost like free money. Um, now, instead of paying off your mortgage that is at three, three and a half percent or whatever, you might argue that putting excess capital into something relatively safe, let's say, for example, wealth formula banking. And you see five, five and a half percent compounding rates uh, there. Typically, they're highly reliable, right? So you might think, well, gosh, um, maybe I should, instead of paying down that debt even further, maybe I should actually put it into one of those accounts and get this kind of arbitrage and not only get the arbitrage, but then have liquidity in the event that you need it uh, vis-a-vis the cash value on the uh, banking account. And so say you have a ton of liquidity in your home. Now, what good is that doing you? Okay, I'm playing devil's advocate here. Isn't that just dead money? It's not doing anything to make you more money, is it? Then what is it doing? Well, it may be making you into an even bigger target than you are. If you have lots of home equity, creditors have something to go after if you get sued, right? If you get sued or... You know, I mean, and you, and your your house is sitting there with a bunch of equity in it. Well, that's something you can go after. You know, in fact, loans because their liens are the best asset protection you can really get. Now, I've heard some of you say that you can easily access that equity in your home with a home equity line of credit if needed. But is that true? Well, the problem is that if there is indeed a true emergency. You know, say you lose your job, you suddenly need a bunch of money and you're not in great financial shape. You need to access it. Your bank may not let you access your home equity. That's exactly what happened in 2008, 2009. People, you know, needed money for once and all of a sudden they got, you know, they were underwater or or they had equity. But, you know, because they had other credit issues, the bank just decided, nope, I know it's your home equity, but you don't get it anymore. In other words, you may not be able to get to your own money in a pinch, which is not great either. And let's not forget why the bank doesn't want to, you know, want you to pull that equity out of the house in the first place if you get into trouble. 
because when you have a lot more equity in your home, you become a bigger target for a foreclosure. If there's little equity in your home, the banks don't see nearly as much value in foreclosure. So all of this being said, and me saying all of this, you're thinking to yourself that I'm probably a fierce proponent of leveraging your home to the hilt. Well, I'm not going to say if I am or not, but what I will say this is that I am uh, a fierce proponent for thinking about what you're doing rather than just listening to, you know, these gurus and stuff, because it's not that obvious. Uh, what I will say is that the math, the math is in favor of not keeping uh, a whole lot of equity in your home. If you consider the time value of money and asset protection and all these things that we've talked to, the ability to access that, um, you know, all, all that uh, home equity in a pinch. I mean, all this stuff is safer sitting outside of the loan than it is inside and probably going to do you much better. But that's my opinion. I'm not giving you financial advice. So don't do anything unless you feel like it's your, you know, somebody else who's qualified to make those recommendations to you does so, or you just think, well, gosh, that makes sense. And let me think about this more. And that's a decision I'm going to make. Because once you get past the math, the truth is that the rest of this is psychological, right? It's completely psychological. And that's why I will say that I don't, you know, I don't think if you're keeping a bunch of home equity in your house, you're being stupid. Understand that when it comes to debt, psychology often supersedes math and that's okay. I just, again, the most important thing and what we advocate for in the wealth formula community is to think. Now, what if there was a way to access your home equity without borrowing, without creating debt? I mean, now that sounds interesting, right? Even if you don't like the idea of having debt on the place you live, what if you could sell part of the equity in your home and not have payments to worry about? So, in fact, there is a relatively new product out there known as uh, home equity contracts that could potentially allow for you to, in this sense, have your cake and eat it too. Anyway, that is the topic for this week uh, on this week's Wealth Formula podcast. And when we come back, we're going to talk to a guy by the name of Matthew Sullivan, who is right in the middle of this new financial product and can tell us all about it. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Today, my guest on Wealth Formula podcast is Matthew Sullivan. He's been on the show once before. He's the director, full-time chief executive officer of Quantum One Incorporated. Matthew has uh, actually started a number of real estate companies in the past before Quantum One um, and has utilized fintech uh, significantly in the last you know, 10, 20 years. Uh, he's also worked with Richard Branson at one point uh, on his corporate finance team on a number of high-profile projects. So he is a guy who is uh, is definitely on the move. Matthew, <laughs> welcome back to the show. Thank you, Buck, for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. So, um, you know, it's been a while. And just kind of reacquaint uh, everyone with you and, and remind me myself. But let's start a little bit about your background. Tell us about that path from, you know, going from Richard Branson's corporate team to real estate and how ultimately that led to Quantum One. That's that's that is that is a chasm to cross in terms of sort of, you know, uh -huh. 
I, I wish the two were, were related, but my time with Richard was um, uh, in the uh, late 90s. Um, so that was uh, a while back, actually. But it's still very much fresh in my mind in terms of the energy and the excitement um, that one used to feel working, uh, you know, working around him. Sure. Um, and um, it was, I think, really, real estate has been something that I've always been very interested in, but never really got um, terribly involved in um, until I moved to the um, the states, which was about you know six years ago. Um, and my first venture um, in real estate over here was to set up a crowdfunding company, which was um, taking advantage of all of the changes in the um, securities regulations, which sure. came through the Jobs Act. Mm-hmm. So that was my first real um, sort of baptism by fire in terms of bringing real estate projects to um, people via online financial platforms. Right, right. What, what is that company called? Uh, crowd venture so okay. crowdventure.com so um it's still there it's um it's uh, i mean the primary real estate play is quantum re which um as you can see uh, behind me thanks to the glorious technology provided by zoom so thank you chaps yeah yeah it's an interesting technology i mean like as we were thinking about uh trying it myself but i'm likely to blow myself up in the process <laughs> or something but um so Remind us exactly kind of what problem uh, Quantum One solves. What's the problem? What's the solution? And how is Quantum One uh, figure into all that? It's a huge problem that we're solving. And the problem is, if you are a homeowner and you have equity in your home, the only way that you can access it today is by going to the bank and borrowing money. And you borrow money by way of a mortgage or a reverse mortgage or a home equity line of credit or a HELOC. So many people, and there are millions of Americans, there's 14.7 million Americans who have more than 50% equity in their homes. So equity is a non-financial asset. It doesn't generate cash. You can't spend it. And most Americans have the bulk of their wealth, as I'm sure you know, tied up in the equity in their home. So the real problem is, if I'm worth all this money, how, how do I get my hands on it? And the current solution, which I don't think is acceptable at all, is I have to go back to the bank and borrow money secured by that equity, which means I have to go back into debt and I've got the prospect of monthly payments. And if something goes wrong, then I have to, you know, I run the risk of my house being foreclosed because I can't pay the, uh, pay the mortgage. So we solve that problem at Quantum RE by enabling homeowners to sell some of the current and potential future value of their home for cash today. And they can spend that money on whatever they want. And the best part is there is no debt. There's no monthly payments. There's no interest to pay. So it's completely different um, to borrowing money from the bank. Let's talk about sort of the, uh, you know, the the real-time uh, play here. Say I'm a customer coming in, and I love the idea. Is this, a, uh, is this something that's done completely online? Take us through the process. Well, part of it's done online, but because this is a relatively new way of 
accessing the equity in your home is, you know, home equity contracts have been around for 10 years or so, but they've only really become, um, I wouldn't say mainstream, but they've become more um, popular in the last two to three years. So because of that, there is a fair amount of education that needs to happen from a homeowner's perspective. So people can apply online, they can go through a process, they can use our online calculator that enables them to find out um, if they would qualify and how much potentially they could release. But after that point, when they've given us their contact details, their name and address, and um, what happens is a, uh, a human will contact them oh, wow. and will go through the process of explaining how it works. Because the question we get to start with is, why on earth would I do this? Um, And then at the end of the conversation is, it's why wouldn't I do it? So, you know, what we do is we um, take people through the process. We explain to them how it works and what the contract is and find out if it's something that. So let's do that. Let's do that. Let's, 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 uh, I'm, um, I'd say, okay, say I'm in, um, you know, say I'm in California, I've got a million dollars. Now, is this, is this available to people who have, uh, mortgages, but also have equity, or do you, do you have yes. to own your home? Um, there are a number of programs that yeah. are available in 31 states, and those programs enable people that have mortgages and don't have mortgages to access some of the equity in their homes. Okay, so let's just, as an example, okay, um, say I'm living in California, uh, I have a million dollars of equity in my home, um, and there's a mortgage on it, um, Let's uh, let's take it from there. Say I want to go in and and get some preliminary ideas on how much uh, equity I could quote unquote sell to you. Yes. So how yes. would I do that? Well, the first question is how much is your house worth? Because if you've got a million dollars worth, okay, of equity, say it's worth two million. So half of your home is held is is debt, and the other half is equity. So that's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. So there are a number of programs that we work with. Some of the programs are programs that we provide capital, but the most important thing is to be able to provide a solution to the homeowner. So at the moment, we also have a partnership with another company that acts a bit like the Expedia of home equity contracts. So we have access through that relationship to a wider range of contracts. It's a bit like an open sort of systems architecture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sort so, of like bidding on, sort of bidding on giving you the, you know, who's gonna give you the best terms or whatever. Absolutely. So from your perspective, you would qualify for all of the programs out there because of the amount of equity that you have in your home. So some of the uh, providers look at your credit score because they want an indication that you are likely to be able to continue playing, uh, paying the, the, the mortgage that you have. So if we want to narrow it down, um, if you have a credit score of 650 and above, you would fall into one bucket. If you have 650 and below, you would fall into another bucket. Okay. Um, but let's say that you have good credit. Right. The next question then is, how much would you like to take out? So how much of that million dollars equity would you like as to As much as possible, let's say. Well, I think that then we were looking at the, um, the, the cap on equity is normally 25% or mm-hmm. half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. So the most you'd be able to take out would be half a million dollars. Okay, half a so million dollars. That, that's, uh, that's about half, that's 25% of the value of your home. So that's half your equity. So, um, and the next question then is really, how long would you like to be able to 
um, stay in your home? How long are you planning on staying in your home? Ah, so that's a tricky one, right? If you're not really planning on leaving until you die. Well, then, then there are two, um, currently there are two sort of shapes of contracts. One is a 10 year contract, which means you've got up to 10 years to either sell your home or refinance or renew the contract. And there are other contracts available that run for 30 years. So that gives you up to 30 years to sell your home or refinance the contract. And at the end of the 30 year period, you're able to to um, pay pay off the contract without selling your home. So you can find other ways. Um, but 30 years is a, uh, is a fair amount of time for these types of contracts. Right. So presumably, so if you did 10 or, or 30 years, what you're talking about there is over a period of time, um, there will be presumably a reset. The, the, hopefully there's more equity in your home at that point. So um, exactly. you just start another is, contract. And, and the way it works is you, you are committing to sell a defined percentage of the value of your home and a defined percentage of the increase in value. So anything over and above that is owned by you. So as your house goes up in value over the next 30 years, some of that equity goes to the person that, or the investor that provided the capital and bought the home equity contract, but the rest of that equity goes to you. And unlike debt, it's defined as a percentage of the value of your home. So if your home doesn't go up in value so much, the amount that you owe doesn't go up, up so much at the end of the contract. If it, your home goes down in value, then the provider of the home equity contract also shares in that potential downside risk. So it's very different to debt where the amount that you owe is constant and it goes up, it stays the same irrespective of whether your house goes up or down. Right. So, um, so then the, I guess the next question, um, is, all right, so I know I can get a, I'm, 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 uh, you know, I, I want $500,000 from this property. I get the, um, you know, I go through the process. I find someone who's willing to, by presumably there's an appraisal process. The appraisal process says this is, you know, this is legit. Okay. Then I get $500,000. I have $500,000 I can do anything with. Um, and I don't have a monthly payment. That's right. And the really interesting thing about that is from a home wealth management perspective, what you've done is you've sold and, you know, you've sold, you haven't leveraged, you've sold some of the equity that you own for cash. And what many people do is they take that cash and they invest it in other instruments that generate cash or appreciate faster or in a more, in a, in a more diversified way compared to their home equity. So what they're doing is they're using a home equity contract to diversify out of their single concentrated non-cash flowing asset into a range of investments that can provide cash flow um, or can provide better returns than their home. Tell me what the what is the um, the risk here? I mean, the risk from the consumer standpoint. Um, trying to break this down. The the risk from a consumer's perspective is that they are selling some of the value, the potential future value of their home at a discount. Right. That's not risk. What that is, that is a decision where what they're saying is I'm going to accept money today um, in exchange for potential value in the future. Mm-hmm. 
So there's no risk that something will happen that will um, completely change that relationship. But that risk is shared by the provider of the home equity contract, because if the house goes down in value, the holder of the contract also shares in some of that downside as well. So what what the homeowner has to decide is, do you think your house is going to continue to rocket in terms of its appreciation over the next few years? And if you want to hold on to that potential future appreciation and lock into that when you sell your home, then this type of contract is not for you. But if you want to lock into some of that money today and are prepared to sell it at a discount and to give up some of your potential future appreciation, then you get cash today. It's the, it's the sort of present value equation. I guess one of the, I'm trying to understand, um, the one thing that's not clear to me is the, okay, let's say you had a 10 year contract and you're, you know, you, you've got more equity in your house. Um, you want to stay there. You have no intention of leaving. You say you renegotiate a contract. I'm trying to understand what that contract looks like at that point. Well, that means, so in a, in a 10 year contract, there is a certain amount that you owe at the end of the 10 year period. Okay. So that is, that is based on a percentage of the value of your home. So then you have the, your, that contract is due and payable at that point. So the next question is, how do you pay that contract off? Now, you can either sell your home or you can say, well, what do I owe? And the calculation is it's going to be a percentage of the value of your home at that time. So you can decide potentially you might want to um, take out another contract to pay that off. Yeah. You might like to renew that contract for another 10-year period, and you can do that if there's sufficient equity in your home. Um, or there might be some other way that you have of paying it off. You might decide at that point, actually, I'll, I'll take out a, a, a mortgage. I mean, it happens. Yeah. So you have the opportunity to pay it off in a number of different ways. You're not forced to sell your home. Seems to me like the the advantage, the biggest advantage would be to be people for people who really expect to, you know, to move at some point. Um, and in, in some ways, it actually provides you a potential hedge uh, for the value of your home. Right? And that's exactly right. Because if you think your home is probably not going to get much more valuable than it is today in the foreseeable future, why not take some chips off the table? Because with that money, you can do much more with it than your home is going to do for you. So that's one approach. The other approach is people who have credit issues, people who are unable to borrow money. This is a real lifesaver for them because they may be sitting on hundreds of thousands of dollars of value in their home, but they cannot unlock it because they simply don't meet the bank's requirements. So this, this really works very well for those, for those people. But also you find people that have built up equity in their homes over a period of time. Um, and, and they simply want to get access to the cash. I mean, maybe they're retired or maybe they have um, homes that have been appreciating rapidly in certain areas like the Bay Area of San Francisco, for example. Mm -hmm. Why not tap into that? Because it's capital sure. that you cannot use. So we have three types of customers, those that are unable to borrow money, those that are unwilling to borrow money, and those that simply see it as an investment strategy, a hedge mechanism, as you, as you rightly said. Right, right. So when we were first talking uh, last time uh, you were on, uh, sounded like you were, you know, you were just, you were getting rolling. Um, but I understand since then you've, 
made some significant progress. You're in a lot more states. Tell us about what's going on. Well, the great thing about the relationship that we have with our sister company, um, which is this um, as I this, this uh, open architecture company, that means that we're not restricted to products that we are able to fund ourselves. So that means that if a, cust- a customer comes to us or a homeowner comes to us and says, this is my home, and they don't meet our specific requirements, we can pass them across um, and our sister company is able to offer them a range of different contracts, which means that currently we can help the customer get access to nine programs in over 30 states. So it's not really important to us right now that the capital has to come from us. The important thing is that we're able to help the customer because we still maintain that customer relationship. And as we grow and as the capital sources that we are able to access grows, we will be able to offer more and more um, programs ourselves. But right now, the important thing is not to say no to customers, but to say yes, even though we're providing them with access to someone else's program. So most people have uh, already are, are very familiar with the idea of home equity, lines of credit, mortgages. Yes. How, and you called this, this sort of more generic term, you called it a home equity contract, right? Is that a, is this, you know, give me a sense if you have an idea of like how much this concept is really uh, gathering steam. Is this something that you know, because most people haven't heard of it, but it sounds like it's certainly a growing area. Is that right? It is absolutely right. And it's funny, there was an article on Bloomberg yesterday um, that said that homeowners are just not tapping into their home equity anything like they used to, because I think they're afraid of going into debt. And this is all post the 2007, 2008 crash. People are worried that if they get into debt, they're not going to be able to get out if the house prices go down. Mm -hmm. And and there are trillions of dollars of available equity. I think in the Bloomberg article, it mentioned six and a half trillion dollars that's sitting there that people are afraid to tap into because they just don't want to get back into debt. So the big difference between this and a home equity line of credit or a HELOC and a reverse mortgage or a mortgage is there is no debt component. You simply decide if you want to sell some of your equity, you sell a fixed percentage of the current and potential future value of your home. So that the only thing that goes up or down is the value of your home. The, the percentage stays the same. And, and I think that's really far more um, attractive to homeowners who can say, I know, I know where I'm going. So in other words, if I, if I go ahead and release capital through a, a home equity contract, I know where I'm going to be in 10 years or 20 years time. There's no, there's no mortgage that's going to creep up and, and uh, I'm not going to get a letter from the bank saying, you know, you've missed a payment because there are no monthly payments. There is no interest. Hmm. Interesting. Um, has there ever, is there ever a potential role in I'm just thinking out loud here about this concept, but in in a way to even have initial acquisitions that start from the beginning with this kind of co-buying, co-equity model? Yes, there are. There are absolutely, because there are uh, there, there is a company out there, um, Unison, for example, um, mm-hmm. that will invest with a home buyer Mm-hmm. So what they will do is say, we will 
put some of our capital in. We will go in with you as partners and help you buy your home. We'll be an equity partner with you. So when you sell your home, a percentage of the proceeds of the equity goes to us as a as, as the co-owner. Um, and that's an, an, another really interesting development. It's been around for a number of years. It's not something that we do. We're much more focused on helping existing homeowners sure. tap in. But, but you're right. What we're seeing though is this innovation in home finance, mm-hmm. which really begins at the home buyer and ends at the homeowner level. Um, and I think to answer one of your questions earlier, what we're seeing is the tip of the proverbial iceberg where more and more people are going to be much more involved in accessing their home equity in these innovative ways because the banks and other financial institutions are beginning to become much more interested in them. And when that happens, they become more mainstream. So over time, there's going to be all sorts of different innovations in the way to access or to buy homes. How about um, in the case of, you know, we, on this show, we have a, you know, a lot of real estate investors. So people who have real estate, maybe rental homes, uh, duplexes, even apartment buildings, uh, it may be, it may not be something that you're doing right now, but it seems to me that that target uh, is potentially a huge one. Because then you're in a situation where people are doing this kind of thing all the time, right? Where they are, where they're leveraging one property to buy another, et cetera. Do you see yeah. a role for this? And and I presume this is not something that you're doing right now. Well, we do, and and the great thing is that we do offer um, the ability for landlords to access some of the equity that's locked up in their portfolio for precisely that reason, because it's dead equity to them. They may not be able to borrow more money because they may be at their upper limits of their, you know, their debt to income ratios or their rental to income ratios. And, and we see this with many small portfolios where people have held properties for a number of years, have built up significant equity positions, and they can't do anything with it because they can't borrow more. So we offer a solution to them. Those are 10-year contracts. So we're not, we don't uh, offer 30-year contracts, but we offer 10-year contracts um, to uh, landlords who have equity in their homes and they use that to buy more homes or to uh, increase their portfolios or really to leverage um, into other investments. Yeah, what's interesting about that to me too is just thinking about how that mechanically might work. I mean, it you would effectively have the same cash flow on a property, but all of a sudden free up equity. I mean, that's, that's exactly right because you're not increasing the debt yeah. on that individual individual property. So you are doing exactly that. You are freeing up some of the money that is that is locked up in the equity, and and you're turning that into available cash, which you as a as a property investor could use for fix and flips. You could use it for um, you know just building you know your portfolio using it as a down payment for an additional home. What you're doing is you're, you're locking into that piece of the, uh, of, of the capital stack that is currently not available to you. Got it. Do you guys do the uh, commercial stuff too, or do you, do you farm that out to um, others? Well, we, we will look at um, residential properties that are owner-occupied and rented. So uh, we look at everything and what we say for our own sources of capital, we will work with both owner-occupied and rental properties. Um, If it doesn't meet our criteria, there are other people that we can introduce you to 
in the same breath. So we're not going to throw, you know, throw the case over the fence as it were. We will work with you to help you with uh, one of the other providers that uh, you know that we have access to. But we do, to answer your question directly, we do offer directly um, home equity contracts to rental properties. So it's it's an interesting concept um, that you know I feel like we kind of even. Uh, fleshed out a little bit more this time around. What um, you know, as I'm thinking about this while I'm talking to you, I'm wondering what what else should I be asking you? Is there anything else that I haven't covered that you think is important to understand about this model? Yes, a lot of people ask. Well, w- what are my obligations as someone who's just released some capital? You know, what um, what are the things that are gonna you know, what are the gotchas? Uh, and the the short answer is is that there aren't any. They're just all common sense thing. So as a homeowner or as someone who has released some of the equity in your home, it's your obligation to continue to pay the mortgage if you have one, to continue to pay your property taxes and to continue to keep your home in a good state of repair because the asset is now shared between the owner of the contract and you. So those are the things that um, are common sense things. Mm. Other questions that we get are, well, what happens if I take the money that you give me and improve the property. Surely that's, that's, that should be my improvement. And the, the answer is yes. So if you use the capital to add value to your property, the amount that you've added is yours. We don't take a share of that going forward. So it's, you know, that's, that's fair. Um, and other questions are, well, what happens if I don't pay my mortgage? What happens if the house is foreclosed? Well, as a, an equity owner, even though we have a preferred equity position, we're still at risk. So if the house goes into foreclosure because you don't pay the mortgage on time, we're at risk. We're not a debt provider, so we can't, you know, we can't jump in. The banks take what they take, and, and we divide what's left between us. So there are no... Um, Issues, there are no things, there are no sort of, as I said, there's no gotchas. The process takes normally four to six weeks. We do need to send an appraiser out. In some cases, the appraiser will do a home inspection. Um, There are some programs that look at your credit score, and there are some that look at it but are not really that, uh, that bothered by the credit score, depending on how much equity you have. We don't need to see your um, three years accounts like a bank would need to see. It's much more friendly. It's much easier for self-employed people and for people that are not on W-2 to be able to release some of their equity. Right. And the business, again, is quantum.one. That's Q-U-A-N-T-M dot O-N-E. And um, is there anything uh, anything else uh, that we ought to know? Well, yes. Well, the, the the website, the company, the the actually registered company is is Quantum but but the name of the platform is Quantum RE. So it's it's um, the, the website is Q U A N T M R E dot com. They all they all go to the same place. Um, but um, that's that's our uh, um, website, and on the website you can click on the button that says "I own a home," and uh, there are. There's a calculator that gives you a, an approximation of how much equity you potentially could release subject to you know, underwriting and um, subject to, to, to approvals. But um, we do try and uh, accept as many people as possible that qualify so that it's, it's, not a, it's not trying to you know, put a camel through an eye of a needle, as it were. You know, there are literally hundreds of these uh, people that are accepted every year. Got it. 
Well, Matthew, it's been uh, good talking to you. It's uh, it's always good to talk about the topic of home equity in general. I think it's one of those things that, like you said, I mean, a lot of people are programmed to just think that they just need to sell, you know, they need to pay off their mortgage and sit on a bunch of dead uh, money. Um, I'm not of that school myself. So it's, it's good to know that there's other options out there. And uh, we'd love to have you again uh, sometime uh, as this as this type of marketplace continues to mature, and you can kind of let us know what's going on. And I'd love to come back. And it's you know very kindly to invite me back on anyway. So it's been an absolute pleasure being on. Fantastic. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show, everyone. The concept of home equity contracts, uh, in my opinion, it's fascinating. Uh, and if you think about it, uh, it could have significant value for not only your personal home, but as I discussed, uh, for the different uses you could have uh, in, in in investment property is pretty interesting too. I mean, potentially in the situations like that, um, I'm forcing, you know, I'm thinking to myself, if, if I'm thinking about this properly, I could have the same cash flow, but you know, also be able to access this equity. It somehow seems a little bit too good to be true, and it probably is. Um, but, you know, listen, uh, it sounds like a good idea uh, that's worth looking into, particularly, I think, if you live in a home with a lot of equity and you don't intend to live there for the rest of your life. So, uh, you know, it's it's this whole concept is new, though. And while I encourage you to reach out to Matthew, or someone else in this area, if, if it sounds interesting, I think it's really important to do a much deeper dive before you pull the trigger and really think about all the ramifications. And actually, I should, uh, I, I would also ask that if you do do a deeper dive, I'd love to hear about your experience and you know what, what you came back with and what you were thinking about, if you did it or if you didn't do it, whatever, uh, shoot me an email at bucketwealthformula.com. Anyway, that's it for me this week on Wealth Formula Podcast. This is Buck Joffrey signing off. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast. Visit us on the web at wealthformula.com. The information contained in this podcast are opinions, not fact. As always, consult your own financial team before making any investment. See you next time.